0: Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Leave Nothing to Chance podcast, the podcast about starting and growing your small business, presented by ComBank. I'm comedian Yanni Agislo, and as you know, in each episode, we speak with business owners about their journey of starting, growing, and managing their business. Now, uh, making money is one thing, but managing it is an entirely different one. So in this episode, we're going to explore the many facets of managing your money as a small business owner. Uh, today, we've got the privilege of speaking with Lydia Sedrack, who is the Managing Director of Lighthouse Childcare. Uh, Lighthouse Childcare has two campuses. One of them is located at the fringe of a landmark development known as the Bakehouse Quarter in North Stratfield, and also one in Barangaroo. Um, and they offer preschool education for children aged from zero up to six years old. Welcome to the show, Lydia.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Um, OK, well, thanks for joining us. Uh, why don't you just tell us a little bit about Lighthouse Childcare? Why don't you tell us what your business is and, uh, and what it does?
1: OK, so uh, Lighthouse Childcare started over five years ago. We started in the Sutherland Shire and we had three campuses up until recently. Lighthouse is an early education institution, so it's a childcare, and we offer um, childcare and um, preschool education for children aged zero to six. Our North Strathfield campus also offers uh, before and after school care for the local um, schools, as well as vacation care during the holidays. And we um, named our centre Lighthouse because we thought that it was unique and it was a beacon of light. And we believe that lifelong learning begins at a very young age. So if we could change a love for learning at a young age, then that's what we're out to do.
0: What sort of things do you like to bring to children that age that you think help later down the track?
1: I think it's a, a love of exploration. Right. So what we do is we set up our environments to make sure that those babies have an interest to want to explore, and then they learn through play. And as they get older, we structure the play a little bit more. And then finally, once you get to preschool, we we offer preschool programs and school readiness programs and things like that, as well as we teach Spanish at all our centres. So that encourages that education or it encourages learning.
0: Um, so I understand you acquired that business about six years ago. So uh, what moved you to acquire that business? What were you doing beforehand? And then what uh, made you decide to uh, acquire Lighthouse?
1: So I'll say I was a boring accountant prior. <laughs>
0: right. But my I,
1: husband's a teacher.
0: I was a boring lawyer.
1: Oh, fair enough. So what happened was um my husband had greater expectations of the education system and he was a teacher in a in a school and he wanted to explore different ways of teaching and right. he then started looking for childcares and saying, look, I think that we can make a difference. Um, We're parents as well, so what we expect for our own children's education, we're going to give to other people because there is a a need for wanting to make things different. So he went out looking for childcare centres and we took the leap of faith when a small centre came up in the Shire and um, we've not turned back. He never returned back to teaching and I ended up leaving accounting and managing the business.
0: Right. I'm interested, how old were your children at this point in time?
1: Um, Four. And six.
0: All oh, right. So, so they were just at the top end of yeah, the Lighthouse yeah. age group. Did so they... our
1: children had been through childcare. Right. And there were certain things that we also thought that they could be doing better at certain child cares. And we thought, oh, well, we can make changes.
0: What would you say makes, makes Lighthouse different um, to, say, other child cares, maybe the ones that your children went through?
1: I honestly think what makes it different is the staff and the culture. Right. So we heavily invest in our staff and make sure that their morale is up high and, and always encouraging them to try different things and bring their own skills and and, and do outside the box, outside right. the traditional teaching box, because there's obviously all these regulations around teaching. But, you know, to encourage them to to place their own special touch on the child's life. The second thing I think as well is the culture that we have. And we're always trying to innovate. We're always trying to, you know, implement new ways and things like that. And I think that that is a point of difference in itself. So when you have happy staff, you have happy children. And I think I always tell my staff to make sure that they teach these children, um, to take care of these children as if they're their niece or nephew, because that makes it different. There's a personal connection there when it's your niece or nephew rather than someone else's child.
0: The best part of the job was teaching the kids.
1: Exactly. And teachers are undervalued. So if they feel that they're not being valued, Mm. they actually do a very hard job. They do a very hard job and they've got so much responsibility on their shoulders and they end up looking for something else or they end up leaving the professional together, which is what happened with my husband. Yeah. Same thing.
0: Anyone who's run a business and maybe people who are considering starting one um, will know that managing finance can be a time-consuming thing. So would you mind just uh, sort of walking us through maybe what your routines are, maybe daily routines, weekly routines or monthly routines, if they're different uh, as regards managing money? How do you how do you go about doing that?
1: It's a simple thing. All you've got to do is just keep your eye and you know what your expenditure is, then, you know there's some great gr- tools and graphs and things that, you know, you can just quickly click on and it shows you easily, you know, this is what's coming, this is what's going out and just have an idea of what's exactly going on.
0: Yeah. It's that's it's it's a funny thing because that it's a very emotional thing, isn't it? Checking yeah. your bank balance. Yeah. And I, I mean, I know from a personal experience, and I think a lot of people can kind of um, empathize with this, sometimes you just don't want to look at your bank balance. Well,
1: that's true. I don't check my personal bank balance. <laughs> it's the business <laughs> bank balance because that's the one I need to be worried about. Yeah. So I don't know what's going on in my personal accounts but generally speaking is it's just really making sure that I touch base I've got an internal bookkeeper as well that helps she works part time so you don't have to be you know a high flying big executive to have you know a bookkeeper you can hire someone that's studying or doing a little bit of part time work for you and that she's also you know we use we use zero so it keeps us in track and everything reconciles and what, it helps
0: what is zero cuz i don't know what that
1: is so zero is a cloud based accounting system right. um, there are others out there but we use zero and most of our bank feeds directly feed straight into zero so it makes it really easy cuz it's just a matter of certain transaction that it already recognizes and then it just pre populates where it should go. So it does make it a lot easier having the right tools. These things are inexpensive. I mean, the mobile phone these days, you can't get rid of it. So it's not like you need to log into a computer and take an hour out of your day. It could be following you around wherever you are, wherever you are in the world even.
0: It's pretty it's pretty amazing that these things can be automated like this. I mean, I um probably for for better or for worse did my own accounts a lot of times and just sifting through a year's worth of receipts, you know, it's it's just onerous and very time-consuming. Like the idea that my bank could be talking to another piece of software and I could just turn it on and it's all there mm. is is pretty remarkable and, and and it's amazing that that is a cheap option that's available to almost anyone nowadays.
1: Yeah, it's very cheap.
0: Okay, so um Uh, So that was, you said your daily routine was that now. um, uh,
1: Weekly uh, and monthly. Yeah, weekly and monthly. So like I said, I've got a little bookkeeper and and there's certain reports that I ask to be um, either created or certain things that I just want to see. They're the things that I see on a weekly and both on a monthly basis. And and that helps me determine what our cash flow is looking like and whatnot.
0: Do you mind telling us sort of like what sorts of things those are?
1: So, um, first of all, we look at our cash flow, yep and we've got budgets yep. so each each center has its own budget and how they're tracking towards their spend per month. Um, we've got something called utility, which doesn't really mean much, but that just kind of tells us well, how much money we're expecting to get in yep. and so then we can ac- at least work out what seasonal um, obligations we have. and to be perfectly honest, like I said, I was crap with managing this, right but Direct debits and that are just so easy. Like I can set up a direct debit My rent is paid out through direct debit. We don't need to worry about those things. Those things just make it a little bit easier. So I don't. I know all I need to do is check that there's enough in there, but the rent's coming out naturally. Everything's already in there.
0: So you would say automate as much of the
1: stuff as, as you can? As much as you can yeah. because you do get caught up in what the business has to do. Yep. that your, your personal, the finances side of things just becomes a little bit wishy-washy so that you're not falling behind on your bills. And, you know, you constantly feel like someone's ringing you to chase you for money. Well, just set it up if it's a regular account yep. and then let the system take care of itself.
0: Right. Okay. So you already mentioned zero as a piece of software that mm-hmm. you used. Do you have any other tools or resources that help you manage your money that um, that, that you use on a regular basis?
1: The other thing that helps us manage our money is this thing called Tanda. So our staff sign in using a Tanda system, and it's like a clocking, clocking, clock on, oh, clock so in, clock off. Like
0: that, like that old-fashioned yeah, one. Yeah, yes, ch- the
1: old Bundy clock. Yeah. So they sign in with that, and what that does is automatically as well. So payroll's a big time-consuming. Um, effort and when you've got to pay and there's so many regulations and there's so many awards and there's overtime and there's all this stuff, especially in small business, it's it's quite overwhelming. So what we found that if we had tanda, we could set up everybody in the system. They come in, and it clocks exactly how many hours. And again, that feeds straight into zero. Automate as much as you can. Yeah. Because these systems don't actually you know, do it wrong. It's it's very hard for there to be errors. Whereas the old fashioned timesheets or people signing in, signing out with pen and paper, it just it leaves you working for an, a day every fortnight, and you just don't have that time.
0: Right. Sometimes uh, businesses can have cash flow shortages. It doesn't necessarily mean the business isn't profitable. It might just mean the money's not there right now. Mm-hmm. So, um, uh, how do you deal with that? Uh, you know, cash flow shortfalls. Do you have any sources of capital and support for your business, or what sort of things do you use?
1: So, the first thing is, if you're starting out in business, obviously, I used to be really careful with our spending yep. and any kind of spending. We used to just make sure it had to be necessary. But one once you've built up your business after a year or so, you can kind of work out your seasonal trends. Like you know that Christmas time might be the time when you're not making as much money as you would be around, I don't know, June or financial year end or Mm -hmm. whatever it may be. So one is putting aside a little bit of money knowing that at that time my expenditure is staying the same because obviously you've got fixed costs, you've got, you know, um, variable costs in the business. So you know you've got to meet the fixed cost. And the other thing I think, look, there's no, um, there's no reason to be shy if you are going through cash flow to just make a phone call and say, listen, I can't actually pay this this week. But I can guarantee you that by the time the next week comes, it's going to get paid. I mean, small business owners know that it's hard. It's actually really hard out there. We don't have the resources of multinationals. We don't have PAs. We don't have all these (laughs) fancy lunches and everything else. So we're actually doing the work yourself. When the fridge breaks down, you're probably trying to fix it before you call the guy out to come and fix it. So the main thing is, is either to try and budget for your, um, your seasonal effects, and if not, then deal with it. Like, it's okay to pay a week late. I think if you have good relationships with your suppliers right. and you get to the point where they're your mates and you go, listen, things are a bit tough at the moment, but I guarantee you it's going to happen in about two weeks' time, mm. then you know what. And you you follow through. That's the main thing. Of course. Then, you know, you've got that relationship. You know, there is nothing wrong with being sh- short in cof- cash flow. It doesn't mean you're doing bad. It doesn't mean things are bad. And, look, to be honest, the other option is if you can put something off onto a credit card, it gives you a bit more time. Yeah. To pay off something or your redraw. You know, if you pay a bit of extra money into your loans, you can then turn around later. Pull out that redraw and use it when you need it.
0: Because if you do automate a lot of your payments and stuff, then um, you then your suppliers will know you as a reliable payer. Exactly. And then when you do call them and you need uh, you know a favour, they're going to be much more exactly. ready to do that because they're like, listen, you're always on time paying your bills. Mm. Okay, so yeah, that's um, th- there are lots of different ways of doing that. That's uh, that's really interesting. And okay, so let's talk about the opposite of that. So sometimes uh, you don't have enough money, but sometimes you may have too much money. So uh, if you've got a cash surplus just sitting there in the bank account and it's not doing anything and you know you may not need it for a little while. Um, what do you do? Like, What do you do with that money? Do you, have, do you invest it back into the business or do you do something else? Or do you buy yourself a present? Or? I'd like
1: to buy myself <laughs> a present, but there's, there's tax implications.
0: Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's the
1: problem. Um, look, um, when there's surplus funds, I'll always say check with an accountant first before because I don't know like different structures have different things. However, in saying that, you know, you could always invest it if you know short-term that you need, you don't need it for the next six months, yep. depending on what your business goals are and what your plans are going forward. So either invest it, either repay your loan and use the redraw later. But redraw. That's, that's the redraw. But some loans don't allow for that. So double-check because once you put it in, sometimes you can't get it out. Yes. So um, you got to be really careful with that. But, yeah, when there is surplus, which is not often, <laughs> um <laughs> Even though the bank man says, oh yeah, there's surplus. When there is surplus, just try to just determine how long you're going to have that surplus for because the worst thing is to work out what you're going to do with your surplus only to realise that the air condition's just broken and now you need money to yeah. fix it. So kind of just play it safe but not, you know, but also do something with it so it's still working for you.
0: What improvements would you like to make to the business in the future? Have you got any plans and, uh, that you've got for the business?
1: Um, I would love to renovate our outdoor playground at one of our centres and so we're looking at, you know, getting some consultants in and helping us out with that. It's a big task because we kind of need to manage it with children being there and regulations and safety and whatnot. So it's not like we can close up shop for a week and say, okay, we're not doing this. Um, That would be one of our biggest things. So we'd like to renovate uh, one of our centres. And long term, um, we're looking at trying to change some of our online Um, programming and portfolios that we offer to the families. So we offer an online portfolio so parents can log in and see what they're doing. So we want to make it a bit more automated, a bit more phone-friendly and do things like that. But other than that, just continue what we do. I think once you've you've become uh, comfortable with what you are doing – Trying to just keep it going yep. and keep it successful without branching out too much and putting yourself at any risk.
0: Okay, that's really interesting. Uh, that those are your plans for for growth. But ju- just on that, like, say, if you want to fix uh, the outdoor equipment or the um, the playground, or um, uh, is that the sort of thing where you need to find some money or f- so you need to finance that? Uh, if so, where are you going to look for that? And um, you know, just in terms of growing the business in general, um, you know, what what are the financial implications of that?
1: So I always think to myself, okay, well. Is this a need or a want? Let's right. start there. Yep. And if it is a need for the business to survive, because there's two things. It might be, yes, it would be nice to redecorate the business. Yeah. But it's actually not going to change your current income or it's not going to change your current levels. So you need to kind of balance that out. If you don't have money and it's something you actually need to do, then yep. you've, there's alternatives out there. You know, you can get a bank loan. Yep. You always go to, I think if you have a plan in place, the bank's willing to listen, the bank's willing to listen to you and say, okay, well, what do you want to do with it? Um, this is our plan, this is who we're going to instruct, this is our budget, and try to keep within budget. Um, the alternative as well, I mean, it just depends what kind of business you're actually running, but you can always go to your landlord and say, look, you know what, I want to invest in your property and I want to fix it up. Is there something that you can do to help me out with rental? And then that way you're getting an alternative way of... Yeah, So right. you might not necessarily be getting money, but you might be able to say to them, look, I'm going to do X, Y, Z to the building, and as a result it's going to create better traffic for you. So you know, you're going to be a bit nifty here yeah. and talk to someone and see what you can <laughs> get. The alternate is you save for it. You know, yep. if it's not something you need right now and you know that you're, ne- you're going to need it eventually in two years' time, it's not going to make it another two years or it's got a shelf life of two years, then you turn around and you go, okay, well, we're going to put aside a little bit of money, put it in your loan and then pull it out when you need it. They're the things that I think personally that you can do in order to grow. In terms of growing your actual business, yep. I think sometimes you have to make hard decisions about where to grow Um, just because one business worked well in one area and not the other or or why not. So you kind of need to look at what's happening in you know the the environment, the economics at the moment, and say, okay, well, you know, what is my long term business plan? Right. Um, you know, ours was to increase our centers and whatnot, but given the current situation, there's, there seems to be an oversupply. So, you okay. kind of got to look around and say, okay, well, is there an oversupply? Is there a dime a dozen of these? It's like now, Uber Eats, I mean, there's like five different companies yeah. doing that, yeah. So, it's like, okay, he had the market niche, but now there's
0: Everybody, yep. well, I don't even know their names anymore. No business exists in a vacuum. you got to exactly yeah. so
1: you kind of got to look at it and, and, and reassess whether it's right to, to grow or you know, or how do you want to grow? And is growing necessarily means success? So, mm.
0: yeah, it's about the right decision, not necessarily always growth, always growth.
1: And if you grow, the problem is you're going to have to get help because you're only if you're one or two or a three man band. There's only so much you can do, so yeah. you've got to have to factor that into the situation. What what's gonna what are you gonna give up? Because small business owners kind of tend to do a lot of things themselves. Yeah, like I said, they're Mister Fix It if they need to. Yeah. Like, you know, I, I've I've used a screwdriver around the place, and you know what I mean. Like you can't you can't bring a handyman for every single thing because you need to kind of save a bit of money. We don't have a maintenance guy either. Yeah, so. If you're going to grow, you need to think, okay, well, I'm going to have to outsource something or I'm going to have to give up some of my current time.
0: Okay. Um, now, uh, uh, we've been asking everyone to tell us about um, how they balance their work life and their personal life. Now, you've said that you work with your husband, so I think this might be quite an interesting question.
1: Um, okay. So, working with your husband is difficult. What happens is your work follows your home. Wherever you go, you could be in the bathroom, you could be driving to you know, your mum's house for dinner, yep. and work just happens to be everywhere. I, I still think that this the The phones also follow us everywhere we go, yep. and you know you have your husband saying to you right in the middle of tea time, "Ah, oh, did you pay that guy?" And right. I'm like, "Oh, stop <laughs> yeah. it! I'm wor- I'm not working." You need it's to have like a, you
0: need to have like an out of office auto reply. Just yes. literally turn to your husband and go, "Sorry, I'm not in right now." And that's
1: exactly right, and yeah. I've done that, and he's been quite frustrated at times. So <laughs> on the weekend, we'll be driving somewhere, and I'll be like, he'll be like, "Have you done this?" And I'll be like, "I'm sorry, you'll need to email me. I'm not at work." <laughs> <laughs> like, and he's like, "But can't you just answer the question?" And and I'm like, no, I haven't done it. And then you say no, and it's like, why haven't you done it? So you need to really set boundaries for yourself. And um, although I'm a victim as well, and I'm also the perpetrator because I will ask questions after hours or as, you know, putting a child to bed, don't forget I need 10 of these tomorrow, you know, as he's walking out the door. It's hard. It's really hard to, to, to split work life and, and family life. Yeah. But the most ideal thing is for you to try to just switch off. Yeah, I mean, When you get home, know that you need to put your phone away and you don't do it with your staff.
0: No, that's true, yeah.
1: <laughs> so you'd never ring your staff member on the weekend and say, hey, by the way, I forgot to ask you, <laughs> did you do this? So I always say, look, pretend I'm a staff member. Mm. <laughs> Just don't talk to me
0: finally I'd really like to ask you about um, first of all how you see uh, what do you think is your style of business like you know what is what do you think you uniquely Lydia bring to your business and um, and and going on from that uh, have you got any tips for uh, fellow business owners in terms of managing money
1: okay so I think I think what I bring is um, the dedication to my team and yep. I think my biggest thing is to be friends with them I know all my f- staff, I know their families, I know what they do, I think to let them know that you're one of them and that you're not superior to them in any way whatsoever and that we're all working together for the same goal. Right. Um, and if they understand that this is your goal, they can work with you. I mean, sometimes with small business, you know, um, staffing's hard and, and, I think, and I think if they realise that you're happy to bend over and, you know, sweep the floors, just like you're asking anybody else to do, they have a different level of appreciation and respect to working with you. Yeah. And in terms of um, tips for other business, look, I'm just going to say it seriously. If you can't do it, recognize that you can't do it and find help Yeah, because it, that helps because otherwise there's no point being two years behind in your tax returns and that you know people are asking you for money and it just becomes so overwhelming. I used to have a shoebox as well with all the receipts. Yeah. It's just not worth dealing with that clutter. You know, once so, you feel good about it being organized, you know what I mean? It's like- it gives you a better feeling to be able to do what you really got to do, which is manage the business. So if you need to hire people, get help. If you need to automate, you know, if it costs you an extra $50 a month, but think about the time that you would spend. So I always say, how much is my time worth Yes. for me to sit and do this task? If it's worth it, then I, if I can outsource it, then outsource it and make sure that you're right. And if you outsource it, just keep your eye on it because it doesn't mean that it's going to be okay. It just means that Someone else is doing the tedious work for you, but you're doing the double checking.
0: Yeah. So you're still managing it. Yeah. You're still managing the task.
1: Don't let go of the management, but just. You know, make sure that if you can't, if you're not an Excel person and you don't have time to sit there and fiddle with zero or, you know, MYB or any of those other softwares, that's fine, but get someone else to do it.
0: Yeah. I mean, that, that, that is 100% true. And it's a lesson hard learned, isn't it? Yeah. When you do it wrong a couple of times and you realise you can make a lot more of a mess than you could have solved very, very quickly. Yeah,
1: Or you pay someone incorrectly and then you haven't explained to the ATO why your taxes were wrong. And, you know, you're just sitting there going through paper and paper and paper or you, you get fined. It's just not worth it. Yeah. There's so many regulations in this country and, you know, you can't keep up with everything. You got to work out what is your sole focus in the business. If yours is to build, you know, if it's a coffee shop and, you know, it's the best coffee and, you know, the service and everything else then focus on that. get someone else that knows what they're doing, you know, and get them to take the headache out of it for you.
0: That is great advice. Thanks. Uh, Lydia, I'd love for you to tell us what is the best thing uh, in your opinion about being a business owner?
1: It's being your own boss. Yeah? Yeah. It's being <laughs> able to to drive where you want to drive and, and, and creating your own vision and knowing that you're not relying on someone else's approval to get it.
0: Absolutely. So you're in charge for better or for worse, but that is the best thing. Yes, it is. Yeah. Uh, Lydia, thank you very much for joining
1: us it's my pleasure thank you so much for having me
0: it's a real pleasure um i it was fascinating a lot of the things you said my main takeaways from our, our talk was um firstly be disciplined about knowing the financial position of the business i thought that was really a really good point um also to automate as many of your financial processes as possible so that you can focus on running the business yourself and finally uh, when you need help to outsource uh, where practical and to always seek expert advice if you're not sure about something And as always, thanks to all our listeners for tuning in. And if you'd like to find out more, you can search for ComBank Small Business for more resources. Uh, I'm comedian Yanni Gislo, and this is the Leave Nothing to Chance podcast. Thanks for listening.